but as we continue on and you know years go on and, and these business models get to flush out the, the cream starts to rise to the top just like your amazon and your microsoft you know came out of the dot-com era and you know all these other you know random websites went to zero the same things happen in cryptocurrencies and, and i think over time we start to develop more and more trust as more institutions start to get into the space <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Fintier podcast. Uh, today, I'm really pleased to have Ben Simpson, founder of Collective Shift with me, um, who's going to talk all things crypto. We um, we caught up uh, um, a few months ago to uh, for a webinar for members and um, um, decided then that we should catch up uh, a little later because it's such a fast moving part of the economy. Uh, welcome, Ben. Thanks, Lewis, for having me, man. It's, uh, it's nice to get on the podcast. Okay, good. Um, we uh, question I wanted to ask um, in following up from what we talked about earlier on that um, um, it seems from the surveys I'm reading that uh, Australians are a little bit more sceptical about uh, crypto investing. Um, 16% felt confident um, earlier this year as opposed to 27% um, the previous year. Um, what, uh, how does that uh, sit with you? What, what do you think about what's going on? Yeah, I mean, if we if those people that are in crypto or remember a little of the news last year, we had two or three of the one of the biggest crypto exchanges and, you know, quote unquote, crypto banks actually blew up last year. So FTX, if you remember mm-hmm. that, Stanford Freed, yeah. this was yeah. a 30, 40 billion dollar company who uh, came out and uh, basically was committing fraud. And, yeah. uh, and and bankrupted uh, the exchange. A lot of people lost a lot of money. There's also another crypto exchange called Celsius uh, that also went under. Uh, and there's also uh, Luna and UST. Three massive, massive crypto uh, companies went went under for all, for all different reasons. Um, so I think the reality is that people lacking trust in the space is 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 obvious. Uh, and you know, crypto is pretty un. Uh, uh, it, it's it, there's a lot of uh, misinformation, I guess, in the crypto in the crypto space. You tend to you know read headlines from journalists that write about crypto that may not potentially be experts in the in the space and tend to sort of exaggerate things. So when you see things like these these crypto exchanges going under, people think, oh, crypto, you know, that obviously crypto is a scam, but but it's not the case, right? Like yes, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the space that uh, you know you know isn't isn't great but the reality is that it, as a new technology it, it attracts those people it attracts people that want to come in and, and make money quickly and it just happens it happened you know happened in the internet era in the when the dot-com was launched like it just tends to attract those sorts of people but as we continue on and you know years go on and, and these business models get to flush out the, the cream starts to rise to the top just like your amazon and your microsoft you know came out of the dot-com era and you know all these other you know, random websites went to zero. The same things happen in cryptocurrencies. And, and I think over time, we start to develop more and more trust as more institutions start to get into the space, which we can talk about, you know, BlackRock, as we mentioned before the show, as these bigger institutions come in the space, people go, okay, well, it's not just some random guy in his bedroom talking about this thing anymore. There's genuine companies, big companies, institutions that are getting into this space. Let's let's start to look into it. Mm. And, and um, I think... I- I don't know the exact figures, but I think we spoke about the fact that uh, crypto in general had, um, you know, had surged earlier this year and um, and has continued to do so. Is that what what's, uh, what is going on? Yes, yeah, so as of December, early December, uh, Bitcoin's up around ninety to ninety five percent in a just a little over six months. So Bitcoin has really rallied uh, a long way. And we've been talking about this for a little while. So Collective Shift, we, you know, for those who don't know, we're a crypto research and insights company. We help, you know, investors navigate the markets. 
through like insights and analysis. And one of the beautiful things about cryptocurrency, Lewis, is it's on the blockchain. So every single transaction is recorded on an immutable ledger that anyone can see, right? So with stock market, when people buy and sell shares, you can't see that. If you go, if you go and buy Tesla shares, I can't see that you've done that. With crypto, you can see exactly what everyone is doing at any point in time through the blockchain. So what you get is this new style of analysis called on-chain analysis. So we can look and see who's buying crypto, who's selling crypto at any point, uh, at you know any time of the day. And what we see is that more and more of the Bitcoin supply, more and more of Bitcoin, Bitcoin being a limited supply asset, is being accumulated by people that haven't sold in over two years. About 50 or 60%, I believe, last time I checked, of the total amount of Bitcoin out there, so 21 million Bitcoin out there, 50 to 60% of that Bitcoin is owned by people that haven't sold in over two years, and they continue to buy more. So the people that really have conviction really understand the value of Bitcoin continue to buy more. And that's why we see uh, these these bottoms form. Bitcoin runs in, in, in cycles, just like the stock market, you know, but it, it's all built around uh, Bitcoin because of what's called the halving. We talk about it a little bit more, but basically every four years, it's very, very cyclical, these cycles. It runs in bull and bear markets. Bitcoin's gone down 75% more than five or six times. It just happens. And you can see that with the on-chain analysis. And we saw that last year in December. A lot of the retail investors have given up. They've given up hope. It was the end. I was sold. But you could see the people that know what they were doing were just buying day in, day out. They continue to buy. And, you know, we're up 90% in six months. And, you know, we expect that to continue in the next year. Does that then mean... Um which I'm coming to the, the next question I'd already thought of in terms of the age and the, the demographics of all those we're seeing investing in it. Doesn't that sort of highlight that it is institutional investors that are, are in there? That are, I mean, I certainly know of some um, managers within super funds um, that, are, that have spoken about it um, with praise. What, you know, so in general, what are, you know, if you're seeing this, what, what sort of demographics are we seeing uh, investing in it well yeah as you said the institution so one company in particular a company on the nasdaq uh they're called MicroStrategy. MicroStrategy, nasdaq was a company they're an it software business nothing to do with crypto but they hold a lot of cash on their balance sheet and you know one of the core values of bitcoin is it's a, it's a hedge against inflation it's a limited supply asset it's like gold right there's only a yeah. supply so what you get is this increase of demand and decrease of supply. You get this upwards pressure on the price, right? That's the opposite of cash. Cash continues to be printed, you know, and they did a lot of monetary policy in the last two or three years around COVID. They printed more and more money. So you get inflation. The cost of life goes up. But cash doesn't go up. Cash stays the way it is. So if you're holding cash, you're actually losing money year on year due to inflation. And inflation has been really high the last few years. But Bitcoin is a hedge against that. So MicroStrategy understand that. And they've actually gone out over the last couple of years. They've bought 152,000 Bitcoins, over $4.17 billion of Bitcoin they own on their balance sheet. Because they know by holding cash, they're losing value. But with, a, with an asset like Bitcoin, they're hedging against that. Right. So you're getting more of these, more of these institutions. The, the, then you've got really who should be buying this is like, um, people that want to buy and hold for a long period of time, right? You know, the superannuation, retirement funds. But there's been no real easy way to do that. Crypto is still relatively hard to get access to. So BlackRock came out, one of the biggest asset managers on the planet, uh, three or four weeks ago, and announced that they've applied for a Bitcoin spot ETF. 
Uh, there's been a number of applications put through for a Bitcoin spot ETF. They've all been denied for a number of different reasons. But BlackRock have a 99.9% strike rate on getting ETFs through. So if this gets through, it's basically going to allow retirement funds, uh, institutional capital to buy Bitcoin as easily as buying a share. And BlackRock does all the heavy lifting. Right. So BlackRock's a $9 trillion asset under management firm. Bitcoin's only half a trillion dollars, right? We believe that Bitcoin... The, the upside potential of Bitcoin is, is astronomical. What it could do if it does what it's trying to set out to, the asymmetrical upside on what it could do is just insane from where it is right now. Um, and, and these institutions are starting to allow that capital to flow in. Yeah, uh, well, you, you, taking the question, I, I was going to talk about uh, ETFs and uh, no, thanks for sort of coming in there and because uh, I'd seen some things written about it. And uh, so, it is interesting, isn't it, that um, you know the, those big institutions are, are doing what they're saying. And I think when you mentioned that uh, there's a sort of uh, it's a, it's only half a trillion. It, we'll we'll see what that happens when Black BlackRock get hold of it as an ETF. Um, I think that we we've we've covered most of of what I was going to talk about. You know, you tackled the fact that there were scams, um, and I was going to you know. I don't want to round off on that and be negative, but uh, you, you, you mentioned it at the beginning. And um, I just wondered, government itself has, has got a big thing on um, in ensuring that um, Australians are, are not victims of scams. And I did read recently crypto was unfortunately one of the places where people are falling uh, prevalently to this. Um, you know, um, what can, what can be done though to um, to ensure that you know um, is it outside of investing in crypto? Is it just that criminals are criminals anyway? Um, yeah. What would you say around that? I mean, it definitely is a problem. Uh, you know, a lot of people. I speak to a lot of people lose a lot of money to scammers, but scammers are scammers, right? We before crypto, it was telemarketing. Before telemarketing, it was you know those. You know that you, know, you you've won all that money that gets posted in your mail and you've got a contact and give your debit card details all this like you know people find vulnerabilities in society usually around new technology and people that aren't educated it's why you know as you know sometimes the older generation get caught up in a lot of those crypto scams because they just don't understand and and they, and they have trust and it's really sad because people just uh, take advantage of that um, the banks some of the banks here in Australia just recently announced that they like limiting the amount of money you can put into crypto because of the scams and you know, I understand they play their role, but I, you know, I, I think I think there's a level of education that needs to be distributed, you know, amongst you know society around this space. It is difficult to use, or, mm. but you know, there's there needs, in my opinion, there needs to be a level of responsibility that's got to be put on the individual to to understand what they're getting into, right? If someone's ringing you up or like telling you that you know you you've just won a hundred grand or or you know like, like I'm sort of like, like come on guys like you know mm. what good to be true usually is and that's the same in, in crypto too yeah. um you know handing over your money or giving access to your laptop to someone else like you know we've, we've got to think about these things a little bit and you know again it, it's tough to just generalize everyone in that in that realm um I, just in such a nascent technology like it, it just attracts those people because it's 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 easier you know for people to be caught up and and, and lose their money yeah, no, I get it. I mean, look, I'm going to refuse to um, finish on a, on a negative side, you know, and, and I think that um, you've touched on some of the things that, we, you know, us, Vincia, we're all about educating 
our members uh, and others as well and there are opportunities to do that and also we have to look after those that are vulnerable that will uh, find themselves at the end of that so um, but it's still clearly an exciting space um, for investors um, you know it's um, I, I get the impression you 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 get a lot of questions all the time and you, you're um, um, you're not thinking of um, setting up uh, or, to, or coming back to work into in traditional financial services. Um, I, don't, I don't plan on any time soon, Lewis. <laughs> that might change one, one day. But no, I've been I've been I've been investing full time and working in crypto now for seven years. Uh, you know, our company helps everyday Aussies get in the market and navigate it. You know, the right way. You know, we don't we don't buy and sell crypto. We don't make money off you buying it. We're we're a purely independent. You know, information research provider. So. You know the way we make money is when our clients make money they they pay their, their subscription fees that's that's kind of the long and the short of it so you know f- for those that really want to go on the on the right route get sort of properly have the confidence and that and that sort of backing you know we're there to help we do a lot of free educational stuff as well but this market is you know is is just getting started in my opinion like it's it's been you know, the last two years has been a pretty deep bear market a lot of a lot of money sort of flushed out but you know a lot of things are lining up as next year you know, the bull market potentially returning. So yeah, it's an exciting time. Well, let's look forward and uh, make a date to um, catch up and um, talk to our members again. And uh, Ben, thank you very much for taking part. Uh, um, I'm sure everybody who listens to this as we go along will um, pick up at least a few pointers. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, would love to. Thanks, Lewis.